What's up, everyone? Welcome to another week of Live Life Aggressively, a podcast with your host, Mike Mahler and Sincere Hogan. What's up, Mike? Hey, man. How you doing? I wanted to spend a little bit of time talking about some cool stuff that we have coming up and check in on what kind of workouts you're doing these days, Sincere. People have been asking me about what I've been doing with my regimen, so I wanted to talk about that a little bit, too. And then we have quite the UFC coming up this weekend. So oh, what the, yeah. What, what are the do some predictions? Have a little fun with that. But uh, workouts have been going great for me. I've been doing kind of a combination of Jim Wendler's 5-3-1 for the big movements, squat, deadlift, bench press, overhead press. And then I've been doing a, a myriad of things, kettlebells, box jumps, bodyweight exercises, two times a week for conditioning. So, for example, what I'll do on Monday is start off a workout with box jumps, a plyometric move to fire up the nervous system, get me fired up to train, get some explosive work in. And then I'll hit something such as thick bar overhead presses for low repetitions. And in between each set of those, instead of just sitting around looking at your stopwatch, I'll throw in glute ham raises. So I'm combining upper body and lower body moves in supersets as a way to be more efficient and also kind of throw in a conditioning factor. Even though it's more of a strength-based workout, you're throwing in some conditioning because you're keeping the brakes short and you're constantly moving. I'm never sitting around or just looking at the clock for five minutes in between sets. I, I have found that glute ham raise, and I have a sore neck poor man glute ham raise, so this is way more difficult than the back extension machine that you, that you see in most gyms. Mm-hmm. And weighted one-legged squats. I've been doing both of these exercises quite a bit, and I'm really convinced that they're carrying over to improving my deadlift quite a bit because I've been on a roll with deadlifts. You know, hit 465 for five easy, in my last cycle, you know, I did 425 for nine last week. So I'm going to go for 475 for five in a couple of weeks. And then yeah. my, my goal for this year was 495 for five. And I, I think I could probably hit that now if I really pushed it. But it would be somewhat, it would be somewhat risky. You know, those last two reps would be iffy. So I'd rather just take right. my time and not get my back stiff where I can't move for a week. You know, take yeah. your time with deadlifts. <laughs> There's no reason to rush it. Take your time. And if, if the last rep, if you're in doubt, on the last rep, whether it's going to go up nice and smooth, then just skip it. You know, leave it yeah. in the bank. Don't, because I'm telling you, when, you, when your back locks up from a deadlift rep gone bad, it's not fun. Oh, I mean, no, you, you are locked up for a couple of days. You, you want to talk about a good way to ruin your weekend? I mean, you can't even sleep because <laughs> oh, your back oh, is I was just so about to say that. I was about to say, sleep sucks, man, because you cannot find a good position to lie down in. No, it, it is the worst. <laughs> but I'm but I'm telling you that the glute ham raise and one legged squats where I do I don't do a full range I do it maybe six inches off the ground and I pause on it so it's kind of like a box squat and I'm doing them weighted so I'll hold a kettlebell I, I'm right. convinced that those two exercises are carrying over very nicely to deadlifts because I've always deadlifts always comes pretty fast to me compared to barbell squat which is a much slower progression for me yeah. barbell squat it's always very slow and steady same thing with overhead press I'm known for being a good overhead presser but it's it's years and years of good work, of hard work. It's not something that ever came easily. Deadlift, I have a good body type for that. So the deadlift I picked up pretty fast, just like the kettlebell snatch I picked up fast. But with deadlifts, I'm on a nice roll. But I'm on a, a nicer roll than I have been in a long time, and it, I don't think it's a coincidence. I think those one-legged squats and glute ham raises, which I do twice a week, low repetition, high intensity, are working really well. And the glute ham machine makes a lot of sense because nothing hits your glutes and hams harder than that. I mean, they are ridiculously sore when you do those. And I'm just talking that about That thing is very unassuming, negative. man. It's a very yeah, it unassuming is. Machine. It is. I've met very few people who can do full repetitions. You know, it, myself, I do a very slow negative so I don't drop at all. And yeah. then at the bottom, I'll do a slight push and then try to grind it out. So I'm not even doing full repetitions yet. I'm getting closer to it. But I've seen very few people who can even control the negative. Most people just do a face plant. The first oh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> boom. They just flip. They're trying to lower themselves slowly and then boom. Oh, man. I, I tell my folks about that every time. I was like, yeah. I was like you keep that up. You're going to have like a nice little headbutt with the bar right there. Like slow your roll going down. Don't just collapse. <laughs> but, but I tell you what, you work up to the point where you can actually, let's say you work up to five full repetitions. Mm-hmm. It's Try going sprinting. You're going to fly. I mean, you're going to go so fast, it's not even going to be funny. Go back and do deadlifts. I mean, you're going to rip that bar off the ground. Yeah. I'm not saying that do glute ham raises and one-legged squats and don't deadlift for eight weeks, and then that's going to improve your deadlift. I'm not saying that. 
But what I'm saying is I hit deadlifts hard once a week, and then that's it. Because deadlift is very traumatic to the body. It's not something you can do often. And I don't, I don't want to do 50% of my one rep max or 70% of it several times a week. Because I already have deadlift technique now. So me spending a lot of time refining techniques is not the best use of my time right now. I want to up the intensity, get used right. to lifting heavy weight. Because one, one thing Mark Phillippe always told me is, I mean, this is an obvious point. I mean, if you want to pull heavy weights, then you have to practice pulling heavy weights. And right. there's also a psychological factor. So if I'm used to pulling, let's say, 315 for lots of sets of five, doing practice sets all the time, and then I decide, you know what, let's put five plates on there and see what happens. I, I can tell you what's going to happen. <laughs> it's not going to go off the ground is what's going to happen. You're going you're gonna to pull it maybe an inch off the ground, and you're going to feel like your back's about to break in half, and you're going to stop. You're going to be like, forget that, because you're not used to it. I mean, you, you have to stay closer to the higher intensity if you want to improve those weights. I mean, I, I can't sit around and press 35-pound kettlebells for sets of 10 and then expect to pick up 88 and let it yeah. fly overhead. It but will. the reverse, the reverse will work. If I do yeah. low rep sets of 88, and then I, I can pick up lighter bells anytime I want and just bang it out repetition-wise. Yeah. But, so training's been going good for me, man. I, I haven't been traveling for a while, so I've had the perfect schedule of good sleep, good nutrition, low stress just enjoying it, just having a lot of fun training, making good progress, started bench pressing again. That's coming along nicely. I'm using it as a supplement to my overhead press. And then I'm doing a lot of body weight moves. I'm actually doing some of the stuff that I picked up from you just to stay as part of my joint mobility. Mm-hmm. And I'm also doing a lot of reverse push-ups, which is incredible after a hard deadlift session. Oh, if you, if you want to make sure, oh you're my God, if you want to yeah. make sure your back doesn't lock up because sometimes you finish a deadlift set and you feel fine. You're like, okay, I feel good. And then all of a sudden, you're walking around the gym, and you're like, wait a minute, I'm starting to get a little stiff. And then, like three hours later, you're stiff as a board. And just getting off, off, off the couch, you're like, oh. Now, when I do reverse push-ups, and I have a YouTube clip on my page, so if anyone wants to see what that looks like, that, that will get your back nice and stretched out better than anything. You know, hanging off a pull-up bar or doing pull-ups, that helps a lot, too. Decompress the spine. And then bang out a couple sets of 10 to 15 reverse push-ups, hold the top for a few seconds each rep. I'm telling you, your back will feel like a million bucks. You'll, it'll just feel good. So people often say, I don't want to do deadlifts because it's bad for the back. Well, that's only true if your technique sucks. I was about to say, bad technique is bad for the back, okay? Yeah, exactly. If your technique sucks and then you don't do restoration moves, which is kind of how I equate the reverse push-up in this context, right. yeah, your back's going to lock up. Of course that's going to happen. But if you do everything correctly, then you have a back which is just a, a shield of armor. Right. Uh, and, and to me, the deadlift is, if we had to pick one exercise that is a very good indicator of your overall strength, it's the deadlift. Deadlift. It yeah. doesn't get more functional than leaning over and picking up a weight off the ground. We do it all the time. You move, you're picking up boxes, you're picking up things all the time. And uh, Mark Phelpe often used to make fun of people who would come in his gym and talk about, oh, I can Turkish get up this, or I can do a, <laughs> you know, I can do, I can, you know, just do, and, and those are good exercises too. But they're they're talking about all these fringe moves that nobody does, right? Right. So you're doing doing all these exercises that no one does, and then you're saying you're stronger than guys who are four times stronger than you in the exercises that count, deadlift, etc., because they don't do those moves. So like if 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 a guy can deadlift 800 pounds but he can't do a one-legged squat and you weigh 140 pounds, you can do 10 one-legged squats. That doesn't mean you're stronger, buddy. Because you spend a lot of times on one-legged squats. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, those moves are all good. Don't get me wrong, but it, it, it's kind of funny when people use moves that are not really any, that are not really moves to test anyone's strength and say, Oh, look how strong I'm so much stronger than this guy because I can Turkish get up more. It's like, well, that guy never does that, so it's not really a fair comparison. But a deadlift is something everyone should be doing, so let's see what you can do there. Oh, you can't take 225 off the ground. Well, that means your overall body strength is not very good because that would always be Mark's response. He's like, okay, what's your deadlift? And it would be kind of this mystified look. Deadlift? I don't know. Yeah. Well, like, well, <laughs> it doesn't get more functional than picking up a weight off the ground, whether it's a kettlebell, a barbell, a sandbag. And I don't care what it is, a trap bar. Your wife? Who cares? <laughs> it <doesn't> get, <laughs> your really? dog, your cat, all right? It, it doesn't get more functional than that. So right. I'm just having a really good time with training. I, I log my journal on Facebook and on my website, so people can check it out and see what I'm doing. But it's, I've got a nice balance right now of 
hitting the power moves in the gym and then doing fun stuff, which is also supportive of the power moves, but also keeps my conditioning up and allows me to get some variety in. How about yourself? How's, how is training going for you? Oh, man, it's like, actually, I was, I was so happy that it's July all over again. Like, you know, mm-hmm. hey, I get to get another round of testosterone booster. I took a break. Oh, yeah, I know, just started. Past, I want to talk about that, too, man. <laughs> yes, but I, I don't want to cut you off. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. So, I took, so I, you know, I took it easy, you know, last month because, you know, I had a lot going on, graduation, birthdays, you know, right. traveling and things like that. So pretty much last month was spent mostly on body weight training, and which was good because I did some hardcore training. It's, it's funny that you bring up 531 now. I was doing that in May um, yeah. during the second round of testosterone boost, and it was like I got a lot of gains with that. So oh, I was really doing that with, okay. de- with deadlifts, you know, and, and just like you, you know, once a week, man, we talked about this before, once a week was good enough for me and saw a lot of really, really good gains during yeah. that month, man, especially because I was just getting back into deadlift. hadn't done it in probably a, over a decade, but it was almost like I had never left. So, but it was cool to kind of take this month off from all that and let my body recover. One of the main things I had to really get back into is just really dial in my sleep. <clears throat> I always tell everybody, you know, make sure you get seven to nine hours of sleep. And, you know, I was always, for the past month, I was tinkering right there at seven hours. And just for the kind of training I had the month before, I realized, like, you know what, I need that one extra hour in here. So just kind of really being, it's one of those things you got to kind of phase yourself into. It's like, okay, I'm going to just, tomorrow I'm just going to sleep 12 hours. No, you can't do that. Or you know how some people are like, Saturday I'm going to sleep in and try to catch up for all the crap they missed for the whole week. It doesn't uh, work that way. You know, no, the body's like, screw you. <laughs> you know, so. that's, that's like the people who are like, I, I couldn't work at it all Monday through Friday, so I'm going to get in five workouts this weekend to make up for it. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> yeah, yeah let's, fun see with how, that. let's see how well that works come Monday. <laughs> all right? <laughs> so, yeah, man. So, and it's cool because, you know, and I spent the majority of the month, like I said, doing body weight training and also really, really, really dialing in recovery, dialing in, you know, just different um, moves with the bands that really helped me with my flexibility, my hip flexors and things like that. Cause you know, I started to see like some of those things that started to taper off and fall off a little bit in my routine. I could, right. I could see how they were hindering some of my gains. So that's, that's one of the things, you know, sometimes, you, I mean, all the time, you have to take an honest assessment of yourself and really see like what you need to work on. It's not that I need to lift more on deadlift. It's like, okay, I need to make sure my hip flexors are, are firing off the way I need them to in order right. to do, do a better deadlift. Yeah. And, you know, I could kind of see that I was kind of falling off and it was getting kind of tight, especially when you're on a plane and in a car traveling a lot. You oh, know, yeah. of course, they're going to catch up with you. So, Definitely. you know, I was very mindful about that. And so now going forward for like, you know, where I am right now, you know, I got right back into, you know, back to the deadlifts again and kind of just did a little bit more of a, a kind of a five three one variation of that where it's just not hardcore or anything like that. But at the same time, I want to, on that last one, I want to, like you said earlier, I want to be able to know that I can lift that weight, you know, and, and I have no problems walking away because guess what? I get to deadlift another day. I got next right. week, you know, and the, pro- and the good thing about that is like that next week, I could probably, whatever that weight, I felt like, okay, I'm not going to get it on this one. That following week, I'll rip that son of a, you know what, right off the floor. Yeah, <laughs> and just like, oh, okay, because it's not so much always about the physical aspect, it's the mental aspect, too. By the yeah. time, you know, you Very make true. it to that, that set, mentally kind of thinking like, okay, first, especially at our gym, you know, it's hot, it's, it's, now it's July, it's Texas, you know, so there's a lot of things messing with you, you know, mentally, you know, yeah. it's kind of like, you, you can barely breathe in there right now, and, which to me, some people are like, oh, that sucks, but to me, it's fun. Because it, it's like, how am I going to handle this situation? This is not; right. these are not optimal, ideal situations here. Yeah, it's like an, it's like an additional component of mental toughness. Oh yeah, the way I look at that too. Yeah, exactly. So you kind of look at yourself like, all right, what what are you made of? Are you just going to punk out, or are you going to go after this, or are you going to be, you know, man enough to realize not right now? Right. So you can come back another day. So it's just it's these great mental games that you can have with yourself instead of just quitting. You know, that that's a mental game. I just I don't like to play. So. So, yeah, exactly. so, like the, so deadlifts and, you know, and one of the things I've been doing bodyweight-wise, so I do deadlift once a week now, and there, um, there's a routine I'm doing right now bodyweight-wise where I'm just focusing a little bit more on just doing, there's, um, I do a, pull up, a set of pull-ups, then go right into push-ups, then go right into dips, and then I'll either go into jump squats, box jumps, or I'll grab a jump rope, and I'll do double-unders. Or I'll just do um, just like high, high knee sprints with the jump rope, you know, okay, and cool. do those, all those back to back to back to back. So pretty much just like um, with the pull-ups, it'll be five. The push-ups, it'll be ten. And the push-ups, all these are variations. All right, of them right. are variations of it. So the pull-ups, it may be chin-ups. It could be 
uh, recline rows. I could like, I might be climbing from the floor on the, onto the rope, um, just hanging from the ceiling, or I might do neutral grip pull-ups, might you know, or anything like that. So it's always a variation. So you know, it, so therefore I'm hitting different things, and definitely on the, any of the ones using the bar, you know, I'm having a nice dead hang. So you know, of course, decompressing, and then just really like really focusing on that negative, and just really taking my time with that, and then just really like I said, ease down and then explode up best right. I can. And um, one of the techniques, you know, people always ask about, you know, well, man, how do I do, you know, especially a lot of the women that I work with, they're like, I can't do a pull-up. I think where people get it wrong, they think that a pull-up is all about pulling yourself up. Right. It's actually the opposite. The pull-up to me is just like a lat pull-down. So I always tell them, imagine that you're going to take the bar and pull that bar down to your collarbone. Pull it right. down to your chest. Pull right. it down and use all you can. Use your lats. Embrace your abs. Squeeze your ass. And, and just try to rip that bar out of the machine and pull it down to you. Right. And what they'll find out is like, boom, they've done a pull-up now. Because they just great. They saw it in the opposite you know, direction of what they envisioned from a pull-up. I said, yeah, it's really not about the pull-up. It's all about the pull-down. I said, this is no different than sitting down and doing a lat pull-down. Treat it just the same. Only thing is you're going to get more bang for your buck by doing it this way instead of doing a lat pull-down on a machine. Right. So... So um, in that, and, I'm, and I love doing dips, man, on the, the, the glute hammer machine. I love that, really, those really deep dips. And we also have some parallel bars inside mm-hmm. our gym on two benches. And I love doing dips and push-ups on those, doing those real depth push-ups and dips on that. So I get a really good stretch, you know, especially on the push-ups because you get to go below the bar a little bit. So I get to really work my lats because, you know, even when I talk about when we do our workshops together, I said the push-up is not all about just working on your chest. The push-up is also... A, it's a plank that goes up and down. It's a core move. But it's also a move that works your back. Because as you're going down, instead of just collapsing down to the floor, you know, when you really focus and pull yourself down and right. bring your lats together, just as if you were on your back doing a bench press and you're yep. pulling the bar down to your chest, which is yep. that's all it is. A push-up is just the bench press flipped over. You know, so envision it that way. So. Absolutely. With that, I'm having fun with the push-ups as well. So I might do some of the, just some of the those hood-type push-ups where you know I'll drop down to the middle, slide over to you know a shoulder, slide over to the other shoulder, come back up, or just make a diamond out of that, and just different variations. Throw in some Hindu push-ups, something like that. So mm-hmm. the push-ups are always different. So um, so that's pretty much what I've been focusing on. And then of course throwing in the glute ham developer at least once a week as well. Just like you said, man. There's, I mean, there's nothing like it for your glutes and your hams because a I'm not much of a lover of squats, you know, with the barbell. You know, I'll do it. And when I do it, it's usually to supplement my kettlebell training to help me with my explosiveness, explosiveness right. on the bump during the jerk. So yep. I like to do, um, you know, barbell jump squats to really work on that. And when I do right. that, I like to point my, you know, point the toes down toward the ground when I jump up. But, of course, you're not going to use a heavy weight on that because, hey, you're jumping off the freaking floor, you know, right. with that. So that's just not going to be feasible. So, but like I said, I – that's why I throw the glute ham developer in there along with those deadlifts to really work my legs because I, I prefer those over just doing just barbell squats. And the barbell squats, I kind of keep that kind of light. And that's just something I play around with every now and then. Right. But, uh, yeah, so that's just pretty much my focus now is, like, you know, deadlifts once a week, that body weight routine, um, like, twice a week. You usually have to space that out. <clears throat> like, if I do that on a, like, a Tuesday, I won't do it again until Friday. Right. And then um, any other time, man, I'm just walking or – I'm skipping rope, and right now, that, like I said, that's working for me because I still have about another month or two before I have to start going into training mode for the, the IKFF National right. Kettlebell Competition in November. I usually treat it just like an MMA fighter. I usually give myself a 12-week training camp when it comes time for a kettlebell competition. So right now, I'm in you know, strength and power mode right now by using this and doing some Olympic lifts every now and then, too, just to really – it's going to all help and supplement me as I get ready to start training for a kettlebell competition. Probably I have like, usually I start in like September, man, or like the end of August, something like that. So I still got about another month and a half to have fun with this stuff, man. Yeah. yeah. Well, that, that all sounds good, man. Yeah. I was in, uh, speaking of aggressive strength, my testosterone booster. Yeah. I took a four week layoff too last month and had great workouts still. You know, some people are, have often asked me what's going to happen during that four-week layoff. They have, they have this fear that their testosterone is going to plummet or it's going to go to zero. It's like, look, it, it, it's not a steroid or a pro-hormone, so it's right. not going to shut down your natural production. You're just going to 
gradually maybe go back to your baseline. I'm not even sure if you do go back to your baseline. It may stay elevated higher than your baseline. It may not stay as high as when you're on it, but it may be a medium point between your baseline and, and how high it went while you're on it. I don't know. Or it may go right back down to baseline. I've never tested that on myself or seen much research on others. I, I don't know for sure. But just in terms of how I felt, you know, using those factors, and I'm someone who knows exactly what I feel like when my testosterone's high and what I feel like when it's low. I've experienced both. So I, I know what the, the symptoms or side effects are. I felt fine. I felt good. I didn't have the same level as the extra. I'm always an intense guy anyway, so it's not like I... It's not like I'm some pot-smoking hippie looking at the sunset, <laughs> and then I take testosterone booster, and all of a sudden I'm alpha male guy. Now, I'm a pretty intense guy as it is. When I'm taking the testosterone booster, it's kind of like the volume is turned up, though. And I mean that in the best way possible. Yeah. I don't mean that I start getting agitated or irritable. It's more like you just want to get stuff done. You kind of have that, that yeah. feeling of waking up and jumping out of bed and going, man, I can't wait to train today. I can't wait to do this. Your sex drive's high, so you're just feeling fantastic. But during that four-week layoff, for a couple of weeks, I, I didn't take anything that, that would be considered a testosterone booster, you know, so, such as switching over to something else. But at then, then I decided to experiment with uh, deaspartic acid, which is a pretty good option, too. It, it's, it's been shown in some studies to increase testosterone about 42%, so 30 to 42%. So I, I took about three grams of that and definitely noticed kind of a modest bump about 10 days in, which is usually when it kicks in. So I think... I think for those of you that are wondering is if there's anything, is there anything I can take during the four-week layoff between cycles, that's one thing that you can play around with. And there's plenty of options for deaspartic acid. Just look for any Aspartest brand. That's, that's a legitimate brand, and there's pretty much everyone distributes that. So you can go on bodybuilding.com or neutralplanet.com. You can go to Vitamin Shop. I mean, it's not hard to find it. Mm. Three grams a day with your first meal, not a bad way to go. Now, can you take that with the aggressive strain? Probably, but I'm not sure if there's much point. You know, I picked the ingredients that I felt were the best fit for the product. If, if I thought that the aspartic acid would have been a big bonus, then I would have thrown that into the mix. I mean, down the road, I may, I may change my mind, but initially I didn't really feel that it made that much sense because it works in a similar way that bulbine natalensis works, but bulbine just does it better. So it didn't really make sense for me to throw that in and increase the cost unnecessarily. And then other things you can do, not, it doesn't really matter too much. I mean, four weeks is not a long time. So it's not like you have to feel like, well, I need to take something in between those cycles. I think it's more of a psychological thing. Yeah, man. Now, there, there have been about... 3% of people that are non-responders, you know, I've sold several thousand, I've had several thousand people buy it. So I have a large enough pool now to know what the stats have been. And I want to say at the most, it's 5%. I don't even think it's that high. I'm saying, I'm estimating it's about two or 3%. So anyone who took it and didn't feel anything, they got a refund. I mm -hmm. mean, I didn't screw these people over. I didn't say, well, you know, too bad you you emailed me on day 32, and it's a 30-day it's a 30-day <laughs> limit. No, I mean, I gave people. I, I had people use more than one bottle. I said, no problem. I don't want you to feel like you were headwings on this. Sorry, it didn't work out for you. Out of those, out of that percentage, the majority of them are guys past 50. Okay, so these right. are not guys that are in their 30s that are saying I didn't notice anything. It's guys past 50, which most likely means that they need to look into HRT or, or HCG therapy, you know, something else yeah. that's going to be a little bit more powerful because. They, they're at a higher age bracket, and I don't know what their mileage is. They may have had a high mileage life for 50 years, so their, yeah. their biological age could be way higher. So that, that's something for them to talk to their doctor about. But generally, if you don't respond to this, it's because nothing – I can't imagine anything natural is going to work for you. That's just, and I'm not just saying that because like, that's some kind of marketing statement. I just feel that this – really works that ramp up your natural pathway so well that if you, if you don't notice anything out of it, when the majority of people are noticing tremendous benefits like you and me and the majority of everyone who's bought it, I, I don't know what's going to work for you, honestly. I mean, play around with your diet, get your sleep improved, maybe you need a vacation. Yeah, I mean, do all those other things, sure. But that's only going to do so much if you have really low levels of testosterone. So don't be afraid to talk to a good anti-aging doctor and get some more expert help. Talk to a naturopath. You know, maybe maybe there's something going on where it's a it's a food sensitivity that's in, impeding your testosterone being for being as usable as possible. Maybe it's a mineral deficiency. Maybe there's an underlying stress you're not addressing. I mean, it, it goes beyond the scope of 
what we can get out, what we can get into today. Maybe we'll we'll have maybe we'll do that as a topic down the road. We'll get some experts on and kind yeah. of discuss all the reasons why testosterone may be low in someone. I think that would be a really interesting topic. But now that I'm back on it, I mean, within a couple of days, once again, you're like, oh yeah, the fun's starting again. Yeah, and, exactly. and it's perfect timing because I'm not going anywhere for six weeks. So I'm really going to hit training hard now. Yeah. I hit training hard last month, but now I'm really going to hit it hard. And then I'm going to taper off when I go to Holland. I'm going to teach in Holland on August 10th and 11th. So I'll be out there for about five days. And I'm going to taper off that week. So I'll probably cycle off aggressive strength while I'm gone because you're not going to be really working out. And then I'll take a week off when I get back, and then I'll jump back on another cycle. And, and then I don't really have – I'm not going overseas for a while after that. I've got a course in New York City in September. And then I'm doing something in the UK with Dan John and Sabina Scala in October, and and that's about it. And then I'm wrapping up. I'm wrapping up this workshop stuff. You know, I mean, I'm phasing it out. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna blast out workshops like I've done the last 11 years. So for those of you that are like, when are you coming to Chicago? Never. <laughs> when, when are you coming to Iowa? Never. It's like I I I'm not saying I'm gonna quit teaching workshops. I'm just gonna dial them back quite a bit because I'm working right. on so many other things now that I, I want workshops to be maybe three or four times a year for fun rather than a super hectic schedule. Right. Cool, man. Sounds pretty cool. Yeah, but yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. I was excited, man. Just like when Monday got here, I'm like, oh, July 1st. All right, time to crack this bottle open. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Vacation's <laughs> over, damn it. <laughs> so, yeah, man. And it's, it's so it's funny. Cool when you do that four weeks off, you become sensitive again because sometimes people, uh, they get towards the end of a cycle and they're like, well, I feel great, but... Uh, I'm wondering what's going on now. Go off for four weeks, start taking it again, bam, you're, you're totally sensitized again. So it, it's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, I'll probably say, yeah, that, that that baseline, I'll probably say that I may have probably tapered down probably about 15% from where I was, like, in in May. You right. know, and, you know, I, and I, like like you, I, I can, I'm very in tune with my body, so I can really tell just certain things. And so, and then other things play the part in that. Like I said, okay, I've traveled a lot. I needed more sleep. And, you know, which to me, it was perfect that I wasn't, you know, on the testosterone boost during that time because, you know, that's just opening the door for people to say, well, I'm not really feeling anything anymore because they don't factor in those other things. So right. I was like, okay, let me just let my body just get a break from it all. But I'm not going to stay active, but let me just give me a break from all of this madness, you know, right. so I can so I, I can be refueled and ready to go. And now I'm refueled and ready to go. It's like, hell, man, I know I'm feeling good because – even as hot as it's been in Houston, it's like, man, oh, here the I'm like, the weather's not even that bad. You know, yeah. I feel my mood's picked up. Like, I'm like, it's 99 degrees, but I'm not even bitching. I'm not complaining. I'm, and I'm looking at people who are bitching about the weather. I'm like, dude, look. I said, have you ever been, have you ever been to India or Africa? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, so I'm like, they're in triple digits for most of the most of the year. Shut up. I said, if you were born or, here. I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, if you were the born UK. here, you have no right to complain. If you were born in Texas or born in Las Vegas, why yeah. are you bitching about the heat? Or Arizona? Why are you bitching about the heat? It's always hot. Right. Okay, we don't know anything right. else. <laughs> it's like it was so funny. I saw a guy post on Twitter this morning. Um, it's like you know, it's like Texas stuff. So he was like, yeah, it was 91 degrees. What is this January? <laughs> so it was just so funny <laughs> that he posted that because yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty breezy this morning. You know, to be 91 degrees. So I'm like, okay, I, obviously. I'm I'm ready to be back on the booster now because I'm in a damn good mood right now because even the heat's not even bothering me right now. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean I, I won't say I, I'm as balanced as you are. The heat, is, <laughs> the, heat the heat sucks out here in Vegas. Wait, your heat right sucks. Now. I'm gonna tell you but, why your heat uh, sucks. There's I no mean, moisture walk, in there. I'm walking the dogs at 10 p.m. and I feel like I'm in a sauna. So you get that kind of queasy feeling after you walk. I can't imagine yeah. how they're feeling. You know, I'm feeling that way. I can't I can't take them outside until it's late at night because. Yeah. It's not even safe. It's not even like if I try to oh. walk my dogs right now, that they'll die from heat exhaustion. It's not remotely safe to be out there. So I mean, for those of you that have pets in hot environments, don't leave them outside in the backyard. Okay, don't take them for a walk at 1 p.m. Please. Keep them inside. Get the air conditioning on. Make sure they're hydrated and and walk them at night and and stay exactly. very aware. If they're panting excessively high, I was about to say if they're dripping, you know, while they're on the, yeah. you know, just in there staring and they're looking at you cockeyed and they're just there's just water dripping off their tongue. Yeah. Well, that's a hint. Okay, and they're sitting there, like, panting like the human beatbox from the fat boys back in the 80s. <laughs> that's a hint. You know, the thing is, like, how would you feel at that time? What if somebody right. put you in the backyard at 1 o'clock and just closed the door and yeah, left you exactly. out there? Think about it that way. 
Well, yeah, that's a fun day. <laughs> and, then, and then the air conditioning wasn't working in the house. It wasn't. Ah. It, was, it was working downstairs, but it wasn't working in the bedroom, the master bedroom, the most important room in the house. And it was a sauna in there, man. I was dying. So I finally got the air conditioning guy to come over here and take a look. And he's like, oh, uh, you're, you're, the box that controls the air conditioning upstairs is not working. I was like, yeah, no shit. Yeah. Okay, I, that one, that much I figured out on my own, buddy. Okay, <laughs> I was like, so, so let, let's get that replaced so I can uh, get the air conditioning on. How about that? So we got it. So now, now it's nice and it's cranked. I mean, you have to crank it up, man. I mean, the AC bills are are nice and high. The AC but, bills are very expensive. But what are you gonna do? You're just gonna sit around in a sauna to save a couple bucks exactly. on the AC? No, it's you gotta deal nature, with it. Otherwise, you're beat. not sleeping. You're not sleeping at night. If, if when it's that hot, I mean, it's 110 degrees at night. And, oh, there's, there's, you're, and if you don't have AC on, you're, you're not sleeping at night. You're, you're no. sitting there sweating. I mean, you, you're, you're sleeping in your boxers, and you wake up soaked. I mean, it's not a fun feeling. No. So, it's, so, so get, you got to get the AC up. But, yeah, I, I know what you mean, though. When, when it becomes like a broken record when people are like, oh, it's so hot out here. I was like, oh, how long have you been in Vegas? Seven years. I was like, well, <laughs> isn't this something you've expected now <laughs> this time of the year? <laughs> I can understand someone who just moved here from somewhere else where they're like, oh, my God, I've never experienced anything exactly. like this before. But if you've been around for a while, it's like, yeah, it's hot, okay? We, we know that. And <laughs> it's not fun, but you, you deal with it. And a couple people were asking me, like, oh, have you noticed your energy has gone down? You're just dragging it. I was like, no, I haven't no. noticed because, <laughs> because I sleep well at night. Exactly. I take good supplements. I'm a healthy guy. I like what I do for a living. So, no, actually, I haven't noticed it. I wake up, and I can't wait to get going and, and train and get my business and record the podcast, everything I'm doing. So, no, I have not noticed that. But, uh, I mean, if you want to complain, fine. Or you can go to the pool at any casino in Las Vegas and jump in. Okay, that's another option. Hey, there you, <laughs> you go. You can take a cold shower in the morning. That's another option. You can focus on something that you have more control over nah. than the weather. <laughs> nah, man, bitch, bitching is so much more fun. Can I just bitch about it, please? <laughs> and can I waste your time and let have you hear me bitch about it? Come on, man. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I think it's kind of an American thing because, like, you know, yeah, the Eastern yeah. European mindset is complaining. What's that? Exactly. It's, it's, you know, it's, 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 if, you have, if your family's healthy and you've got food each day and you're healthy, then what's there to complain about kind of the exactly. attitude? And there's, there's a lot of truth to that, man. I mean, that's something to take to heart. There's no doubt about it. And I'm not saying I'm Mr. Perfect on never complaining, but at the same time, I, I've been around the world enough and seen enough real suffering that I'll stop myself at some point and be like, okay, time to shut up. You know, stop being such a dipshit and, yeah. you know, and and take charge, man. Stop being such a wussy person. You know, go 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 read your book that you wrote. You know? <laughs> Speaking of mental toughness, we got a pretty interesting UFC coming up this weekend. We've got Weidman, who everyone thinks is going to dethrone Silva, and I don't know why. I mean, not to say that he's not an awesome fighter and looks great, but I, I don't know why people feel so certain. That was, this is the guy who's going to crack the code because they, everyone said the same thing about so many other fighters and they just got destroyed, man. I mean, Anderson Silva is another level, folks. He's, well, no everybody's, everybody's banking on Weidman's wrestling game and his jujitsu. Well, here's the deal: Anderson has great jujitsu as well as yeah, Chael Sonnen, and Chael Sonnen had great wrestling. We see how that played out both times. Okay, so come on, people. You know, so Weidman, yeah, he's got his stand-up. It's good compared to everyone else in the division. It's not silver stand-up. Okay, it's very, I mean, no, people. Let's just, I, people are looking for reasons because they need to try to tear this guy down. They, they just, everybody keeps trying to find the next blank hype. It doesn't matter what color the guy is. It's like the next blank hype to try to take out Anderson Silver. It's just not going to happen. It's, it's like Mike Tyson. The only person that defeated Mike Tyson was Mike Tyson. <laughs> okay, that's who beat Mike Tyson and took him out of his career himself. So the only person that's going to beat Silva right now is Silva. And, and I know people are going to say, John Jones, John Jones. No, not yet. <laughs> it's just not, no, it's not happening. When Anderson's ready to stop, he's going to stop. And that's how it's going to work out. That's my opinion. So. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I think people like to hype this stuff. Anderson has kind of become like Fedor. Remember when, remember when <laughs> Fedor was just destroying everybody and people couldn't wait to see someone beat him? Uh, it, okay. it became like, oh, I can't wait to see someone go in there and just beat him. And then by the time it happened, it was kind of a cliche because it was towards the yeah, end, of end of his career. He didn't, yeah, he didn't yeah, care yeah. anymore. He, didn't he, wasn't, yeah, exactly. he wasn't on fire anymore. It wasn't like he was in his prime. 
and somebody came in there and dethroned him because he lost to uh, what's his name, the Verdum. yeah, Verdum. And then he lost to Bigfoot, and then he lost to Dan Henderson. It's like, okay, this is obviously a guy. You know, this guy's never lost, and all of a sudden he loses three of those in a row. Well, he lost obviously. his fire, man. It's just like, exactly. It's, it goes back to my Mike Tyson situation. Fedor defeated Fedor. Okay, exactly. the fire was gone. You didn't even see it. When he would walk out, he was like, fuck, I got to fight again? <laughs> you know, he was not. He didn't have that killer look on his face like, I'm about to go out here and destroy these people. You know, okay, that was gone. You know, so... And it doesn't help that it was strike force too. I mean, how much fire can you get in your eyes in a strike force? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, it's like it's like the equivalent of wrestling. Like if you're fighting on TNA wrestling, I'm sorry, it's not the WWE. That check does not look the same. You can't be that excited. Right, right. <laughs> so there's kind know, of a man. lesson to learn there. I think I think a lot of people overstay. Like I, I, we see people do that in our industry too. I'm not going to name names, but I, I know plenty of people who have been doing the fitness business for a while and. Anytime you talk to them, they're just complaining about it. Like, oh, I'm sick of dealing with all these customers. I'm sick of doing this. I'm sick of doing that. I was like, you know what? It's either I, time for a two-week layoff and to reassess. Maybe, you just, maybe you're just burned out, right? You just need to take a week or two off from it all. Or maybe it, if you come back from that two-week vacation and you still feel the same way, it's time to move on to something else. But yeah. a lot of people don't want to do that because they're thinking, I don't want to start over again in some other realm. Oh yeah, like, I, don't, I don't want to start from. Yeah, exactly. It's like, like a crappy relationship. You know, yes, this chick go. is getting on your damn nerves. You can't stand the sight. You know, it's bad when you pull up to the house and you sit in your car <laughs> in the driveway because you don't want to go inside and have to deal or, with that or person. Or you go to a bar after work every day. Every or a strip point, club. To the point where people know you. You walk in the bar. Hey, man, hey, it's, it's like it's yeah, not cheers, stop, dude. I'm gonna stop by the bar for a drink, honey. On my way home. Okay, see you later. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So that's when you know it's like okay, something needs to change. Obviously, it's not working anymore. The fire's not there, or you know, you're just living in this fantasy land. If you think it still is, he's like, right. oh, we're still good. No, you're not, because you don't even want to see the person. When you see them, you roll your eyes and you breathe hard. And you're like, <sighs> basically, you're almost saying like this, motherfucker. Yeah, and it's kind of like if people made the decision to part, let's say, maybe, maybe I don't know, six months to a year before it got to that point, it it would have been way more amiable, right? You just kind of accept. You just kind of you just make an adult decision, going, you know what, this is not working out for either of us anymore. Let's just split ways and let's do this amiably. Let's figure out what you want. I'll 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 take what I want. You know, whatever it is. You don't have to get a lawyer involved, all that stuff. But nobody does that. People wait till the whole thing crashes and burns, and then it's like just a lot of negative feelings on yeah. both sides. And it's not just in a relationship, but with the job too. It's like you Business wait until too. you can't stand yeah. it anymore, or you 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 drive your car into the ground until it has like fifty problems, and then you have this huge bill. Where if you did a bunch of upkeep and maintenance yeah. over the years, you wouldn't have that problem. Or <laughs> even with training, right? Even with training, what are, what happens with most people? They they let themselves go completely. You know, they don't work out for a year. They're weak. They put on a bunch of weight. They ate a bunch of crap, and then they decide, you know what? I need to turn this around. And that's good. That's I'm not yeah. saying that's that's bad. But it's going to be harder. It's going to be exactly. harder this time. What what if they didn't? What if they just didn't let themselves go in the first place? You know, the the best way to avoid all that is to never let it happen. You know, adopt a lifestyle of fitness as early as you can and keep it. I mean, I'm, I'm whether I'm in the business or not, I'm always going to be working out. If yeah, I quit I the to, business man. today, it's not like I would say, oh well. Now that I'm no longer teaching, I don't have to work out anymore. Time to so, kick back. As so many people in our industry do. Yeah, exactly. So many <laughs> people do. You see them like, they, damn. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, once a lot of trainers realize there's more money they'd be make in teaching other trainers how to, how to sell themselves using these marketing methods, which probably don't work anymore because it was stuff they did 10 years ago. Once people start doing that, it's all, all of a sudden it's like, oh, cool. I'm just going to make money off all these ravenous trainers, and I don't have to actually be a trainer myself anymore. And all of a sudden – they start thinking, well, I, that, that means I don't have to work out anymore. And my attitude is, exactly. if you actually feel that way, like you don't have to work out anymore, then you probably never should have been in the business in the first place. Because if I quit the business today and decided I wanted to be a, a professional scuba diver instructor tomorrow, you know, I'm still going to work out. I'm still going to hit the kettlebells. <laughs> I'm still going to do deadlifts. I'm still going to go running. I'm still going to go hiking. I'm just an active guy. I did it before I got the business. I'll do it. If and when after, and I have no desire to get out of the business. I love it, but I'm just saying theoretically, if I decided to do something else, training is a part of my kind of life philosophy. It's part of my lifestyle. It's, just, it's always going to be something that's there. So I think I think the mistake a lot of people make is they think, okay, I'm fat and out of shape and weak, so I need I I, I need to get in shape, but they don't really care 
they're, they're not they're not really that committed. They just think it's something they should do because maybe some friends told them or they watched an episode of The Biggest Loser and they liked all the crying and they, they had some kind of cathartic <laughs> connection to that. You know? And they're like, I want to be fit too. You know? But, <laughs> but uh, but I mean, my, and, and that's all fine and good. I'm all about people trying to make changes and get themselves together and so forth. But the, the key is, man, if you just if you just do a couple simple things, you don't have to work out as hard as we do. You, you don't you don't have to you don't have to eat as as rigidly as some of us do. But I mean, if the majority of the time you're eating clean food, you're getting in some exercise each day, whether it's push-ups and pull-ups and walking or sprinting, whatever it is. I mean, you're going to maintain a certain level of conditioning, and then. You can decide that, hey, you know what? I want to ramp it up. I've got three months where I want to take it up as high as possible. That is much more feasible than someone who has quit working out for three years and hasn't eaten well for three years, and now they decide to turn it around. Yeah, you can do it, but it's going to be such an uphill battle where if you just kept some level of fitness and health, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be that difficult to turn it back around. Oh, dude, and I'll tell you one of the biggest setups for that. Is someone who's like, let's just say they haven't done anything, who knows when or if ever. And then when they finally decide, like, I have, I have to do something, the first thing they do is take one of these crazy 30-day, 60-day, 90-day challenges. Yeah, 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 <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah. And, I'm going to do tough mutter in 30 days. You know, like, exactly. Or, you know, or they'll do, you know, like, you know, a certain type of diet challenge or, you know, workout challenge within the next 60 days. And, and the thing is, they came from zero, and they're going to put in all this effort, hopefully, for 60 days. Well, guess what? On day 59, you're going to be looking like, I can't wait until tomorrow because I'm done with this. Then I'm going to go to In-N-Out Burger, and I'm going to kill it. Son. Exactly. They didn't adopt <laughs> any lifestyle. All they did was make a temporary – all they did was delay the inevitable, which is <laughs> I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be healthy for two months so I can get in a certain amount of shape and then go back to being unhealthy. Exactly. So what's the point? And so you're on this constant yo-yo. It's like, okay, I'm healthy for two months, but now – now I want to go back to fun stuff. So now you get right back to where you were before that two months, or, or even worse, because now you're trying to make up for all the time you didn't have all that fun <laughs> food and, and other stuff. So, I mean, it, it, you got to make this part of your lifestyle. Yeah, that's and that's the, the only is, way it's going to work. These restrictions don't work. It's just like, first of all, we're human right. beings, and it's in our nature to rebel. When you tell us we can't do something, right. naturally, naturally you'll want to say F you. Now, some of you may be like, so your hormones might be so jacked up that you're just like, okay, I won't. <laughs> you know, you just give up, you know, so right, right. And that, and that's another issue right there. So it's, you just can't sit there and say, okay, I'm not going to have carbs ever again. But first of all, you need to learn what the hell a carb is, and then, re, then you need to rethink that statement. So right. you're going to tell me you're just going to live off fat and protein for the rest of your life? Good luck with that. Yeah, because your, your brain, body's your not, brain is not going to be too happy with oh, that, exactly. given that glucose is your primary fuel for your exactly. brain. So, I mean, good luck. Good <laughs> luck with that. Good luck with dealing with the irritability. You ever notice that people that are on low carb for a long time always are very irritable people? Oh, gosh. They're, they're always it. very irritable, and they're and always – They kind of have this <laughs> flat look because the muscles aren't full anymore because they're not getting any of the, the, the glucose, the glycogen, et cetera. Yeah. And it's going to – I mean, there's not one professional athlete who does a low-carb diet, man. Not Thank all year you. round. You know, they may do it for maybe a short time period for a certain goal, but in terms of a performance-based diet, not one. Show me one. And, 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 don't, and don't show me one that's been doing it for six weeks either. I'm talking about like no. five years, their entire athletic career. No. Yeah. You, need all, you need all three, folks. You need good carbohydrates. You need good proteins. You need good fat. That's just hey, the way somebody. it is, man. Somebody like Michael Phelps who's eating like 9,000 calories a day because he's in that pool for most of the day, trust right. me, he's not just living off like just, <laughs> just the meat from his, from his Subway sandwich and, the, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, it's not, a, it's not a stick of butter in his coffee okay, that's getting through those workouts. And you can't be a fan of marijuana <laughs> like he is and, and, and not want some carbs in your life. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> From what I've heard, of course, I don't have any personal experience. Well, I'm looking at Michael Phelps. I'm just saying. <laughs> we're, we're speaking about him in this context here. <laughs> I have yeah. no idea what you're talking about, man. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt, man. No doubt. So uh, what, what do you have going on? Do you have any uh, business stuff coming up? Any workshops? Oh, or, which, no, any? We still don't make our predictions, man. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot all. About, yeah, we got on this total tangent. I, didn't, what do you mean? I, I forgot all about the UFC. I was too busy thinking about uh, trainers who don't work out and try to sell people on marketing advice. But that's a good topic in and of itself. Like that, that will be coming that, up. Yeah, that and like the network marketing topic because I, I've been pitched by a couple of people at network marketing recently. It, it, that's always amusing to me. And it's, I was like, oh, let me guess. Let me guess. If I get five people and they get five, that's 25. And then when they get five. 
that's 125 people on my third level. And if I'm getting a 1% of that, I'm set for life. Is that, the, is that what it is? Yeah. How'd you know? <laughs> and it's, it's hey, funny how network what? marketers always talk about it as if it's their company. Oh, I want to tell you about my company. It's not your company. You're a distributor for a product that somebody else made, and you paid for the privilege to do that. That's the funniest part of all is that you actually have to pay a fee to sign up to sell somebody's product. I mean, come yeah. on, folks. So, you know, yeah. Grow a brain here, man, okay? If you want to sell – if I want to buy something at wholesale and sell it at retail, I'm not charged a fee before I even make my first purchase. I just buy it at whatever percentage that I choose. You know, if you buy more, it's, it's higher percentage off. If you buy less, it's less. And then that's that, okay? That, that's a legitimate way of buying and selling something here. So, and then one person made an argument saying, oh, well, you have an affiliate program. So aren't you kind of a hypocrite? Isn't that just like network marketing? I'm like, well, no, no, because no, no, none no. of our affiliates have to buy our product. Exactly. You know? there's, there's so many reasons why it isn't, okay? Number, here's, 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 a, here's several reasons here why it isn't. Number one, you don't have to pay a fee to join my affiliate program. Exactly. It's completely free. Two, no minimum payout. If you make a buck, I'm going to pay you that. I'm not going to wait till it accumulates a certain amount. Uh, three, you're not getting paid on five levels below you. I'm not getting paid on people you bring in that join my affiliate program, et cetera. Okay, it's one level. I get paid on you, what you bring, and that's it. That's it. And then also, there's no, you don't have to stock inventory. And finally, here's the real kicker. I'm not going to invite you over to my house to watch the UFC and then pitch you on joining my affiliate program. <laughs> you're never going to go out to lunch with me, and then I say, you know what? I wanted to tell you about my affiliate program. I think you can make six figures doing it. I don't, I don't inflate what you can make doing it either. I'm like, you know what? You may make anywhere from nothing to maybe a couple hundred bucks a month. You may make more. You know, I've had people make a thousand a month before, but no, no one's making a living via my affiliate program, and I'm not giving people the illusion that they can. Okay, so those are all the things there. I don't, I don't do deception. I, I don't get people to come over to my house and then sell them on something where they're like, wait a minute, I just came over here to watch the UFC, and, and now Mike's trying to get me to sign up for his workshop and buy his supplements and, and sign up for his affiliate program. No. So hey, it's man. a totally different system, buddy. <laughs> look, look, man. Come on. You know what you need to do, Mike? You need to give away a BMW. <laughs> I need a BMW in my life. We love BMW. You know that. When you do that, brother, then yeah, I'm all over, man. I'm gonna, I go to, I get like a nice little downline just for you, man. I need a car. <laughs> I need a car. <laughs> yeah, we're definitely gonna do a show on that. You know, we'll get both sides of the equation too. It's obvious where I stand on it. So I right. mean. I don't want to just get someone on the show who necessarily agrees with you know, my take, but there, there is an expert who breaks it down extremely well, better than I can do, that I saw in a Penn & Teller episode years ago. There was an episode on you know, why network marketing doesn't work, and there was an expert on there who broke it down step-by-step step why the majority of people fail in it. I think I'll, I'll find out the guy's name and would love to get him on the show, and then we'll get someone who can counter the other side too. That's fine. Yeah, I know I mean – I've got I a know there's friends people who, I, who I can actually say they can, they can actually come in with they can ha- they have a little bit of ground to stand on to base their you know what they how they feel about it. Most people that talk it's just they're they're pretty much pitching what's been told to them. Okay, right, right, <laughs> and, you know, right. and I have a friend who's like he's been very successful with it, but he's very rare. And but here's the thing about him: he was successful before he even started working with this company. Right, okay, so right. there's the there's the deal. There's the catcher right there. If, for these other people who, talk, who, who live on the dream of, I'm going to quit. I can't wait because if I get enough distributors, if I get enough people under me, I'm going to quit my day job, and this is all I'm going to do. Well, you know, that's few and far are, are between. Okay? The, 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 pro, the problem is, is that it's, it's the ultimate pass in the buck system. I mean, just listen to what you just said like in terms of the way you were talking about the way people think about network marketing. I'm going to get a bunch of people under me. So basically yeah. what you're saying is I'm going to get a lot of people under me who want to work hard, and I'm just going to kick back and w- work off their efforts. Now, they're probably thinking the same thing you are. I don't want to work hard <laughs> selling this product, so let me get a bunch of people under me. And then those people are thinking the same thing too, like, well, shit, I don't want to work hard to sell these products. <laughs> you know, the whole thing would be legitimate if everybody was like a badass retailer. Like, in other words, yeah. I'm making $3,000 a month profit selling the actual product, you know, whatever it is, whether it's a nutrition product or a phone service, you know, whatever the hell it is. And then I've got 1,000 people under me that are also making $3,000 each selling it. Okay, then the whole thing is legitimate. Show me one example of that, man. Come on. Come on. It's not happening. So, I mean, and if there is an example of that, let's see it. I'd love to see an organization of people where everybody is retailing the product. 
But it's almost like the product is irrelevant. No, it, it, it's, it's, it, the goal is not to sell a lot of product yourself. The goal is to get a bunch of other people to sell the product. And then it's like, let me get a lot of people to do a little bit, and then I'm all set. Well, exactly. no one's getting in it to do a little bit. They're getting in it because you're, you're holding this six-figure to a million-dollar-a-year income carrot over their face. So they're, they're not going to work their ass off to make 500 bucks a month for long. And, and, and that's essentially what happens is when you add up all the hours you're working in a network marketing opportunity and what you're making, you're below minimum wage. I mean, you're working. I, I did network marketing out of college. I worked harder on that than I ever have in my life. I mean, harder than I do now. I mean, it was ridiculous. I'd wake up like at five in the morning. I'd go hand out like 3,000 business cards at the subway in Washington, D.C. I'd put signs on telephone poles. And then I would sit there and, and talk to people on the phone all fucking day. And it added up to nothing, man. I mean, my, I, I mean, I was like $15,000 in debt after 18 months of working my ass off. So, I mean, the counter to that will be like, oh, well, you know, you just didn't have a good attitude or you didn't work hard. It's but like, you, F you, you, man. You need, a lesson. you need lessons in prospecting, Mike. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You, you got to qualify your, your prospects. It's like, look, folks, I mean, I – Worked really hard. It didn't pan out. I got into this business where, I, yes, I worked very hard to build it. I didn't work as hard as I did trying to do network marketing. I can tell you that. And guess what? I didn't have to. I did legitimate strategies that worked very well, and the rest is history. I have a great lifestyle now doing what I love. So, I mean, it all worked out fine for me. But point is, is that uh, the majority of people are going to fall into that category that I just mentioned, where they're working way harder than they would at any job and making way less. So the dream is a joke. You know, you're giving up a job where you have a steady income and you don't have to work ridiculously hard for the most part, right? You're putting in your eight hours and you go home and relax. So this is, I'm not saying everyone is like this. I'm just saying that's a good chunk. Network marketing, you could be working like it's your business around the clock and you're not making jack. It doesn't add up because there's too many people doing it, man. I started in, in my neighborhood and then there's a thousand people within a five mile radius of, that are trying to do it too. I mean, come on, folks. It's a saturation, man. It's a saturation. But you're, you're, it's like me opening up a McDonald's franchise, and that, that statement alone right there is amusing. But let's, <laughs> let's say I opened up a McDonald's franchise, and then 10 other people opened it up on my street. Is that going to help me or hurt me? It's obviously going to hurt me. So if I do network marketing and 1,000 other people join the same opportunity, and I, I, let's say they're not under me. They're just they signed up through someone else. Right. That's not going to help me. You know, now we're all a bunch of piranha fighting over one fish. So, I mean, anyway, we could go on forever with this, but we obviously have – this is definitely going to be a show topic for a while. But yeah. one thing one, – one show topic we do have coming up, and I'll be brief about this, is next week we have a guy coming on named James Pond. Not James Bond. <laughs> James Pond. Pond. That's a cool name too. And this guy runs an organization overseas <laughs> where he is trying to abolish sex trafficking. He's trying to stop it. I mean, it's illegal in most places, so I shouldn't say abolish because it's, it's mainly illegal in most of the world, but it still goes on. It goes on in America, too, yeah. but it goes on in a lot of countries, and it's just one of those things where people just turn their head. They're like, oh, well, it's happening. Nothing we can do about it. But anyway, here's the guy in the field that is trying to stop sex trafficking. I think it's going to be a fascinating episode. CNN just did yeah. a story on him a couple of weeks ago. They went out to where he is to, to talk to him about what he's doing. He's going to come on our show. We're going to be up much later recording it because we're in a, he's in a totally different time zone. That's going to be an episode you want to listen to, folks. I mean, we're not – and some of, you, some of you may be thinking hearing that. Why are they having a guy come on talking about that topic? Well, we're not going to just do fitness shows every week, folks. Yeah, we're going to do that because that's obviously a big component of our following and stuff we like to talk about. But that's not all we like to talk about. So, yeah, we're going to get Dan John and some other people on the show for sure. We're going to get John Spencer Ellis, who's a great fitness marketing guy. He's a legitimate one, you know, not like what we were just talking about. And, but we're also going to get guys like James Pond on who are doing some incredible work. He's living life aggressively because he's not a guy just sitting around flipping channels going, oh, that sex trafficking stuff is terrible. No, this guy decided to start an organization and get in the Do field. About it. He's yeah. out there in the field overseas. He's not in his, his home somewhere running a website. So, I mean, that's a guy that I want to have on the show because I think right. it's going to be a good conversation. And that's why the show is called Live Life. The key word is life. So guess what? You know, life is more than just going and working out and learning the next training tool and, yeah, exactly. and, and the next, ex you know, what's the, the newest, best exercise equipment, all this other madness. No, man, you got to get out and you have to live. And one, one big component about living is actually making an impact on other people's lives, a positive Absolutely. impact. So yeah, that's, and that's where the aggressive part comes in because it takes a strong, different type of person to want to go out 
and be a positive influence among others and accept that responsibility. Right. So many people are like, oh, I don't want to be a role model. Good. Okay, if you say that, you definitely are not the one for that. Okay, but at the same time, you need to take <laughs> yeah. some type of responsibility. I don't want you to be a role model if you already like run away. Look, dude, I know I have, even from my dog to my children to people on Facebook, whatever, okay, I know I'm a role model. Okay, and I don't take that lightly. So at the same time, so I'm not going to go out and just be effing up on purpose and, be, and just not take the responsibility for the things that I do. But at the same time, I'm going to live my life. And that right there, I feel like that's probably one of the best things you can do as a role model is to live your life because people always watch it. <laughs> they're always watching. So it's true. Yeah, they're that's always what the watching show is about, man. Right. You know, people who take responsibility for their lives and, you know, and hopefully you can be inspired to start taking control of yours or take yours to the next level if you're already taking control of yours. Because right. it's not like wherever level you are right now, that's not it. That's not the end. You know, there's, this, this, is a non, this is a nonstop, ongoing video game. There's so many levels of this. The only time this game is over is when this game is over. Okay? That's true. You know, and that's in this life, in my opinion. That's how I feel. That's no, the life. great thing about life is that there's always something you can work on improving. You know, you should never be bored. When I hear people say, oh, I'm so bored, I'm like, well, what the hell's wrong with you? I mean, there's, I mean, for me, it's more the opposite. For me, it's like you're working on several things, then you realize, like, oh, oh, man. Your ass down. That's what no, I you're, no, you're working on so many things, then you realize, man, the day's over, and i got to <laughs> eat dinner because I've, I've just gone seven hours without eating because I was so focused on the research I was doing and, and the other fun stuff I'm doing, et cetera. Right. So, I mean, bored. Yeah, right, man. I'd like to expand the day so you have more time to get some stuff done <laughs> rather than find ways to fill it up. Like, well, let me go waste some time just to kill time. Kill time, please. I'm not trying to kill time anytime. You know? <laughs> oh, but yeah, last before we end, like UFC predictions. For me, I think Silva, Silva all the way by, and, and, and by finish, not decision. I think Silva will win by finish. Oh, you'll be a finish, yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised knockout in the first or second round. And, but if it's not that, it'll be some kind of finish, in my opinion. Hey, yeah. if, there's, if there's an upset with Weidman, cool. You know, that, that would be exciting. So be it. So be it. <laughs> I mean, this is MMA. You know, yeah. anything can happen. But... I just don't feel like that's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anything can happen, but I doubt that's going to happen. You know what I mean, unless Anderson Silva slips, he trips over himself and you know, five like pounces on him, and there you go, man. He, exactly. I, don't, I mean, I don't know. I, I just don't see that happening. I just don't see it. But and, I, do want, I do want to give a shout-out. Um, one of the guys from the MMA gym that I train at here in Houston, one of my brothers, he's making his UFC debut. Um, Ryan Malonson, he's getting ready to make his debut, and I want to wish cool. him the best. He's um he's fighting a guy um Seth uh, Bozinski, I believe that's his name. It's gonna be on the Facebook prelims. So Brian, okay. hey man, go out there and get him, brother. Pull him awesome. for you. So yeah, man. So there's my prediction on that fight. Brian Malonson all the way. <laughs> I'm a little biased. I, I think I think Frankie Edgar is gonna win his fight. I think Muno is gonna win his fight. Uh, you know, I'm gonna go with Bosch on that one. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Bosch on that one. And I'm, I'm gonna not go even that familiar with I'm go with Cub Swanson over Seaver. As much as I love Dennis Seaver, Cub Swanson, yeah. man, he's a workhorse, dude. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree. So, plus, plus, uh, Dennis beat my boy Dale Hart, so I gotta, I gotta see him lose <laughs> to get some, for some get back for that. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, leaving. I don't know, man. You never know with him. Yeah. I just, I don't know. So if I was a gambling man, I wouldn't be gambling on that fight. <laughs> so, and the same thing with Gabriel Gonzaga, you know, and um, Dave Herman. Um, I don't know, man. Isn't Dave Herman Mr. I don't believe in jujitsu? I think, I think Gonzaga on that one would be my <laughs> guess. So, yeah. But I mean, I'm going to have to take a look at the gambling spreads for Silva versus Weidman, because if it's something ridiculous, such as like a 12 to one payout, I'm going to have to be like, you know what? Let's, 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 let's roll. Yeah. Let's, let's, I mean, after all that feel, yeah. Let's let's roll the dice here. Let's put a hundred bucks down, man. On you know, if I lose a hundred bucks, no big thing. Okay. If I make twelve hundred, it's gonna be a good yeah. night. <laughs> I mean, uh, who do, I'll have to look at what the spread is. I mean, if it's something ridiculous like that, I'm gonna be like, all right, you know what? Put fifty bucks down. You know, put a hundred bucks down. Let's see what happens here. You never know. You never know. <laughs> someone, someone has to lose at some point. You never know. You never know what's gonna happen. Yeah, and, but, and uh, one more tech, and one more Texas boy. I gotta put my you know put the chips on right there. It's Tim Kennedy over Roger Gracie. So, oh, I didn't realize he was fighting. He's fighting on yeah. his part? Oh, cool. So, yeah, man. So, a lot of Texas representation. So, yeah, man. For Lone Star State boys. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that's that's going to be a good one. It's going to be a fun weekend. So, I mean, I guess that's uh, 
That's about it. I mean, as you guys know, use coupon code LLA to get 10% off any supplement I carry. I don't know if that special is still going on for your video, Sincere. For the yeah, this is uh, – yeah. So I'm, I'm going to do it another week, man. Okay. So, and yeah. So, so same thing, 30% off my bodyweight DVD with the coupon code LLA. So there you go, folks. Awesome. Get over and get, get it. Have a Take great July 4th, buddy. Have a great hey, July man. Thank you, brother. Thanks, man. And uh, thanks for listening again, folks. We'll see you next time. Take care.